Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology podcast with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost Here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used. We're just around the corner from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. This is Richard Jacobs with the Future Tech Podcast and the Future Tech Health Podcast. My guest is uh, Dr. Charlton Woodley. He's the founder of the Woodley Foot and Ankle Center in Texas. Uh, the website is woodleyfootankle.com, and Woodley is spelled W-O-O-D-L-Y. So how are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So tell me about, um, you know, I know, I know you deal with uh, feet and ankles and, and, you know, common podiatrist uh, type stuff, but... Uh, I can also see that you're doing therapies that uh, most podiatrists don't seem to do. So tell me a little bit about your clinic and uh, what what the therapies are that you do that are unique. Sure. Um, so started my clinic, let's say, uh, in 2007. And basically, um, I was trained traditionally by doing open uh, surgical procedures. Uh, and when I say open, I mean we'd make large incisions. For example, if I'm going to fix a bunion, um, I'd make a large incision and we'd use screws and pins to hold the bone in place. Uh, and, you know, it worked, but it was always a longer um, heal time and they always had a lot of pain and we were always pre- prescribing these uh, narcotic medications. And it just, I just knew there had to be a better way. Uh, and I had a, uh, a mentor back uh when I was uh, in residency who used to do these procedures uh, called minimally invasive uh, surgical procedures. And right. it's not something that we were taught. Uh, we, I mean, the anatomy is the same, but the, 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 the techniques are different. So we do these procedures through little small half centimeter incisions uh, on, the, on the foot. And what makes them intriguing is that I could do these procedures in the office setting uh, with a oh, fluoroscope. Nice. Yeah, and it really saves you a lot of money because, you know, when you go to the hospital, you know that you're going to be hit with the hospital cost, the anesthesia cost, the nurse cost, the cost of gauze. Oh, you yeah. know, you're going to be hit all those costs. So yep. um, our procedures allow, we don't use any general anesthesia or, or might give a volume to those people who have high anxiety. But for the most part, we just numb the area of the foot uh, that we're working mm-hmm. on. Uh, so we have this thing in the office called a fluoroscope, and the fluoroscope is like a live x-ray. It basically allows yeah. us to see uh, the bone real time. So mm-hmm. through those small incisions, I use small instruments to go uh, in uh, to the bone areas and, and soft tissue, remove the soft tissue from uh, the overlying bone, and I'm able to remodel that joint, uh, uh, mainly for a bunion, without those large incisions. Uh, and so for, what I find uh, for bunions, yeah, mm-hmm. for bunions, what are you noticing as a difference, like recovery time, level of perceived pain, et cetera? How different is it? So the the main difference that I see is because you know when the traditional surgeries, you're literally opening up the foot. So mm-hmm. when you are cutting all the soft tissue and you're you make an incision that's a good uh, seven to eight centimeters, uh, or sometimes even longer, depending on uh, on uh, what you're you're fixing um uh what i find is that without that soft tissue being cut open um there's less pain there's less swelling um i don't need to put you in a cast there's no 
uh, screws. I don't use any screws or pins or anything like that. It's not needed. Uh, and uh-huh. literally, you walk out after the surgery. Uh, of course, you'd be in a walking boot for a buy. Usually, keep people in a walking boot. That's like one of those boots that go up to you, uh, right above your ankle, uh, and it mm-hmm. takes pressure off of the surgical site. Uh, keep them in there for about two weeks or so, and then from there, I put you in a surgical shoe. My goal is to have you back into your regular shoes in about a month. That's amazing. Uh, compared for, uh, to traditional, traditional surgery. surgery. Yeah, how long is traditional? What do you have to go through with traditional surgery? Traditional surgery could you, um, depending on the procedure, there's hundreds of types of bunion procedures, but on the average, I would say anywhere from uh, four to six months uh, is your healing time. Uh, your pain wow. is it's not even comparable. Pain and swelling, uh, and you know the results are. I actually think my results just by uh, are, are better because. One, I don't. When you cut that soft tissue, it swells, and you get a little bit of disfigurement for a while. So that mm. uh, minimally invasive procedure actually have less swelling, and it allows uh, for a better cosmetic heal, but less time. And that's what people want because they, you know, you got to take time off work, and we're trying to not uh, have to have you take all that time off work or or be off your feet. You know, just especially people with kids and you know or have responsibilities. Yeah. I had knee surgery like 20 years ago, and yeah, if you have any weight-bearing joints or parts of you, your foot, your knee, your ankle, and they get affected, I mean, it's bad. It's really hard to yes. get around, and you know, you, and, and, people want to sit up or stand up. They don't want to like lay with their feet elevated. You can't do much of that. But even think about the knee surgeries that they did, you know, back in the 80s and early 90s compared to now. Now they use uh, arthroscopic uh um, mm-hmm. procedures to to repair knees a lot of times, and it's the same principle as uh the procedure that uh I use in my office. Yeah. Um that's so great. yes, and there's less chance of infection cuz the the wounds heal, the surgical scar heals a lot quicker than uh the 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 large opening that they cause with the bunion procedure, the traditional bunion procedure. So what are some procedures that this has opened up for you to do that maybe were never even done or they were done but they were just, you know, really debilitating and now they're a lot better? So one procedure in particular um, that I uh, uh, do, and I push it a lot because I think this is a wonderful procedure, especially for people with flexible flat feet. So when the um, flexible flat feet, they just don't affect the, the the foot per se. So especially with my patients, I try to uh, uh, try to basically equate it to a pyramid. If you think of your pyramid, your body as a pyramid and your feet are the base of that pyramid. And if I take a couple of bricks off of one side of that pyramid, it affects the pyramid because it leans, and it affects the pyramid mm. all the way to the top. Your body is is like that. Um, people, Some people are having back pain, um, hip pain, knee pain, neck pain. All of those things can be attributed to a flexible flat foot. Um, I have people come in to, uh, to my office with severely flat feet, and they tell them, well, my orthopod has told me that my uh, knee pain is causing my foot pain. And I look at their feet and I'm like, well, it's probably not yeah. your knee causing the foot pain. It's your feet causing that knee pain. So yeah. I use a procedure called Hyprocure, um, H-Y-P-R-O-C-U-R-E. It is a minimally invasive procedure. Again, could be done in the office. And it's basically a stent that treats something called hyperpronation. Hyperpronation is is a um, uh, a position that your 
feet go in where, it, say, your it, your ankle bones actually lean inward. Uh, and a lot of times it's like you're walking on the inside of your, your feet, mm. uh, the inside portion of your foot. So this stent basically acts like a doorstop. It goes into uh, something called the sinus tarsi. It's a little canal, uh, and it, it acts like a doorstop. It stops you from hyperpronating, uh, from roll, your foot rolling in. Um, it's a wonderful procedure because, uh, again, you walk out that day. Um, it is a titanium stent that there's no cutting of bone. It goes in that canal space, uh, and it actually stops the hyperpronation um, so it acts, it it, acts like a, an arch. Is it an, in, it's it, an insert it, that goes in there? It goes. It's an actual titanium stent. It's like a little uh, okay. uh, hardware that goes in the canal. It does not. You know, it goes in the canal. And it does not cut any. You don't cut any bone or anything. It just sits in the canal. Yeah. And basically, yeah. Uh, your soft tissue grows around that stent, uh, and it it gives you that that uh, the the correction that you're not going to be rolling your feet over. Uh, um, uh, or to your ankles anymore. It corrects the flat foot. Right. It gives you an arch, actually, and it balances you. I like to call it a, a internal orthotic um, because right. a good example is because uh, orthotics, you know, the inserts that go in your shoes, they do help, uh, yeah, even though you do roll a little bit. you to compare them. Yes. So the problem that I have with the orthotics is, one, they don't fit in everybody's and in, in all the shoes that you want to wear. You, sometimes you're limited to the type of shoes that uh, you want to wear. Also, um, they don't really block all of the uh, pronation that's needed at times. And it's, it's, it's basically user... Um, uh, uh, it, it's up to the user, uh, the, the person who makes that orthotic, uh, if they depends on their expertise and how well they correct you. So yeah, that's that's always you know up in the air. Uh, with the Hyprocure stent, um, I like to call it my internal orthotic because um, as soon as you step out that shoe without your orthotic on, you're going right back to the hyperpronation. You're having that deformity with the stent soon as you step down, you no longer have that hyperpronation. So we are cor- correcting that hyperpronation all the time as opposed to, you know, when you're just in a certain pair of shoes. Or if you want to walk yeah, barefoot, you've you got to get up in the middle of the night and walk to the bathroom. You still pronate. Right, yeah, yeah. No, I have flat feet. And if I, you know, before I got orthotics, if I look at my shoes, they mm-hmm. wear, you know, in a diagonal pattern. I don't know if I pronate in and out. I don't remember. But, but yeah, I see what you mean. And for me, it's uncomfortable to walk barefoot because I have no arch. You know, but yes. my wife has like fine arches. They're they're no problem. So yeah, I understand what you mean. Makes sense. And you'll also notice like a lot of people with those flat feet, they'll develop bunions. Um, they'll develop painful corns. They'll have you know um, knee pain, ankle pain. All that is the, is is um, uh, related to uh, flat feet. Hmm. So what's the how long have how long have you seen or people seen clinically with the titanium stent in? You know, what happens to the person over the first year, two, three, four, five years? Like, is there any adverse uh, problems that happen after a while, or does it stay for X number of years, or what happens? So, I've been doing hypercare for, I want to say, close to 10 years now, and uh, done hundreds of those procedures. And I've had, uh, I could count on my one hand uh, how many times I've had to take a stent out. And usually uh, when you have to take a stent out, it is because, one, they couldn't tolerate it. One of the 
biggest complications that uh, come uh, with uh, this stent is something called sprained ankle syndrome. And that just means, so there's a, it's a, it's like a soft tissue envelope that surrounds uh, the foot and ankle, um, and especially that joint. And a lot of times when you put something in there, like the stent, it stretches uh, that soft tissue envelope, and some people can't adjust to it. The majority of people adjust to it. Like, they will come in to me, and they're like, my ankle's hurting all the time. And I will generally give them a little cortisone injection, which decreases the inflammation. And right. maybe one or two injections, and they're usually better. It's sure. after a, you know, maybe four or five months, you're not getting better. I have to give you repeated injections, and we got to reevaluate and see maybe this is not the right procedure for you. Um, right. But I will tell you, even the people that I've taken that stent out, when they put their foot down, uh, because the soft tissue has adapted, um, they generally do still have an arch, so which is still, oh, you know, it's it's not as uh, uh, pronounced as a, a general, um, as you would say, a, a normal arch, but they still do have an arch. They have improvement than what they had before. Okay. So what are what are some other therapies you're doing that you're seeing a lot of promise in? Oh yeah, I have. I'm, one thing I try to do in my practice, I always try to. Uh, I like toys, so I try to update um, the the type of toys, and I, I try to continually educate myself on the different procedures that's out there. So one of the, the big things that, uh, that I do in my office is something called laser therapy, laser treatments. Um, so uh, I use a, a, a grade four uh, uh, medical laser, uh, and this laser is used for a lot of different treatments like um, Let's give an example of uh, plantar fasciitis, heel pain. That's a big one. See that a lot, and uh, it can be debilitating for a lot of people. And some people have it for years, and it's on and off. So, of course, we look at all the factors that can uh, cause it, like a flat foot or a high arch foot or an injury, uh, or maybe they put on a couple of pounds, uh, and you know it's just more pressure. That's possible. So. Um, my go-to, when you first come to me for heel pain, I'll, of course, I'll evaluate you. I'll take x-rays. And I'll make sure that there's nothing else going on with the bone and make sure that it is just plantar fasciitis. So plantar bottom of the foot, fascia is the soft tissue that inserts in that heel bone. And, of course, itis is inflammation. Um, so the first thing um, uh, we'll do is we'll give you, the, of course, the, the general frozen water bottle, roll it on the bottom of your foot, stretch, uh, and look at the types of shoes you're wearing. But and, and, of course, cortisone injections. But those cortisone injections hurt. So uh, they have their place. But this laser is a great way. Uh, it helps to decrease inflammation. Um, uh, it it increases the range of motion of the soft tissue that's tight. Um, and it relaxes the muscles that are around the area of the soft tissue and the fascia. And it really makes a difference in the pain. And it's generally a culmination of laser treatments. I generally do it for, especially for heel pain, which is one of my most common um, problems we treat. Um, I usually do around 6 to 12 treatments uh, along with other things. I don't want to make it come, sound like come across like I just put this laser on you and magically you're healed. That's not the way it works. It's a part of the right. treatment plan. Um, the stretching, the ice, I like night splints. Um, uh, uh, shoes are important. 
but they come in, uh, takes about maybe 10, 15 minutes uh, for treatment, uh, and we try to do at least three a week. And basically, they sit in the chair and they l- let the laser do its thing. Um, uh, we uh, uh, do a, uh, uh, a treatment on the back of the leg behind the knee all the way down to the heel because that muscle uh, in the back of the leg is direct. If it's tight, the bottom of the leg is tight. So if I take, if I decrease um, the, the, the tightness of those muscles, increase the range of motion, it takes pressure off the heel. So that laser just relaxes everything, decreases the inflammation, and gets that soreness and pain out of that area. It works lovely for plantar fasciitis without giving repeated painful cortisone injections. Yeah, it's it's weird. Why does the laser decrease the inflammation? So the laser, um, it uh, the light basically the photons, little packets of energy, penetrates the skin and it's absorbed by the cells, uh, and it converts. the energy uh, uh basically uh uh takes those cells it it makes the uh the the which is the, the something called the cell membrane uh and it alters it it puts that energy in the mitochondria which and it stimulates that cell the mitochondria of course is the powerhouse of the cell but those photons are put little packets of energy called joules in that uh mitochondria and it just stimulates um uh, what we call stimulates ATP, which is adenosine triphosphate. It's just a, another energy packet. Um, it stimulates uh, um, uh, increased DNA and RNA synthesis and, uh, and collagen, all these byproducts uh, that are, are in the cell. And it, it calls those growth factors to come in there and basically start doing their job, decreasing uh, inflammation. Okay. Interesting. Um, do you find that, uh, I mean, you consider yourself a podiatrist, or are you called something else? Do you have other designations? You know, which is funny because you know podiatrist—that's uh, what I consider myself. But you'll you'll say podiatric physician, foot and ankle surgeon. You know, they'll call that. I call it. I'm a podiatrist, um, but I just happen to do everything. I am. A, I'm a surgical podiatrist, but I'm also a general podiatrist. I see everything mm, okay. when it comes to the foot and ankle. Do you see that uh, podiatrists do much of what you do, or most of them just do the traditional work? So one thing I've tried to to do throughout my career is differentiate myself from the others because there's a podiatrist on every other corner. You know, it's not hard to find a podiatrist. And we're trained in one way. And a lot of podiatrists I find, and I'm not speaking for all of them, they have tunnel vision. You are uh, trained to do uh a one procedure one way and that's the way it's supposed to be done and there's no veering from that and i always had a problem with that that's just not me anybody who knows me that's not what i i i do and you know uh i try to treat people the way i would want to be treated and i want to have a a slew of different treatment options for you so if you come to me or if i'm going to my doctor and he says well you have this problem with you and all right we're going to start treating you and i'm just not getting better well i want to have options i want you to be able to place options in front of me well okay we could go this route or we can go this route or we could go this route and that's what i try to do i try to have at least four to five different treatments for uh, any ailment that comes in in my practice. Because what I do know is that one size does not fit all for everybody. There are some people I can, for, who come in for, a heel, uh, for heel pain, and I give them injection. They don't get better. And you'll find 
uh, patients who will come to you and say, I had heel pain and my doctor gave me 13 injections. That's crazy to me. Why, if, uh, for one, if, if I'm still in pain after all this time, I would expect my doctor to take a step back and say, okay, this might not be the problem, or you're not responding to this, let's find something different. I don't want to be three months down the, ro- the road and I'm doing the same thing over and over again, or I'm just not getting better. So that's why right. I think what differenti- differentiates me from other podiatrists, uh, especially in my area, is that I think outside the box. That's when I came, uh, you know, it took me a while uh, to to master minimally invasive procedures because it's not something that, you know, you're just going to read a book and, and, and boom, you're you're good at. It doesn't work that way. Uh, right. You really have to train at it. Um, and it, that option, you know, after, you know, seeing, you know, the long healing time and, and, and the pain that people go through, um, it just made me. I don't do any open procedures anymore. Uh, I will. I oh, mean, wow. uh, the only procedures I do in my practice are minimally invasive. There's no reason for me to do an open procedure because my procedures work uh, for just about any bunion or any flat foot or hammer toe uh, or plantar fascia release. So, all right, for um, for so, what areas do you serve? I mean, how big of a radius and where are you located and you know, maybe some referrals or references for people that can't get to you. So um, my practice, my main practice uh, is in Richland Hills, Texas. Um, I do have an associate who works out of Weatherford, and we, uh, we uh, collaborate. We have meetings, and we'll, dis- we'll discuss different cases and different options on, on how to treat patients. But, so I draw from the Dallas-Fort Worth areas, but I've had people, for example, uh, for that hyprocure procedure, I had a young lady come from Brazil to get it done. So there's wow. nothing stopping you from if you're in another state to come say, hey, I want to find out more about your minimally invasive bunion procedure because not a lot of podiatrists do it. Uh, and hmm. uh, it saves you time because um, it, you have a quicker heal time, saves you money because you don't have to pay for the hospital stay uh, and large anesthesia costs. And plus, uh, you'll have less pain and you'll get a very nice uh, outcome. Yeah, that's great. So I draw from the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but uh, I get them from all over Texas as well as um, I get them from New Mexico. Um, I, I've had them come from everywhere. Okay. So um, what, what's ahead for you? What are you going to work on next, uh, you know, over the next year or so? <laughs> oh, yes. So one of the biggest issues that I see uh, in in my practice is, is diabetic. And diabetics, and not just diabetics, people love to go get pedicures. The problem with pedicures is that it's tough to find a place where you can get a safe pedicure. Where, And when I mean safe, I mean, are you sure they're autoclaving their instruments? Are you sure the person that uh, is working on your foot is the person whose license uh, is on the wall? Um, are you sure that the environment is clean? Are you sure that, you know, they're putting their feet in these, these water baths and they're getting all these nasty infections or are they, they're, they're spreading, they're getting warts. Um, so my venture is, and I'm working Mm -hmm. with, uh, yes, yes. And it's a shame because who doesn't love pedicures? Pedicures are relaxing. They have their place. And I'm not just talking from a cosmetic standpoint. I'm talking about from a relaxation standpoint when they do the massage on right. your legs or um I, I think it's a wonderful um um wonderful service. So what I'm doing is I'm teaming up with around the country actually. Right now I'm I'm in Florida and Georgia. Uh I'm doing uh telemedicine. 
So I've teamed up with these uh, medical nail technicians. They are nail technicians who went and got extra training in regards to um, uh, uh, foot health and how to perform uh, their procedures or their work uh, in a safe environment. Um, So basically, uh, they see fungal nails uh, every day, all day, but they're really not supposed to touch them. You know, the laws say you should not touch a a, a unhealthy nail. So what I am doing is I'm starting my little clinic uh, in their facility, and basically I will do a telemedicine consultation, and we will treat their toenail fungus, uh, or I'll do a foot evaluation, uh, and I will... Um, you know, if they have any concerns, you know, I can point them out and point them in the right direction to getting that fixed. And it's a quick um, consultation. It's not like it's going to take an hour because, you know, they're getting uh, a, a pedicure. And what I try to do is I make it affordable so people can uh, are able to get this consultation and also the pedicure. And the medical nail te- technician now takes it on and they start to actually treat the toenail fungus via topicals, not oral medication, but mm. topical medications. So they give a, a nice pedicure and they'll, they'll actually uh, employ the medications in the toenail uh, while they're given the pedicure. Um, and um, that's my new venture. I'm trying to, I'd like to revolutionize the uh, the nail salon industry where we make them uh, start to autoclave and 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 up their training. I I believe that all medical uh, all nail technicians should have that medical aspect of it because you are dealing with people, and a lot of times you're dealing with diabetics. Uh, and mm. sometimes they they you find you go to the nail salon and they're cutting your ingrown toenail out. Now nine yeah. times out of ten, that's not a bad thing. You know, it helps you, but it's that one time that you get that MRSA infection, which I've seen. Or you you know you get a a, a viral infection, so you know it, it's it, a lot of horrible things can come from some of these uh, nail salon places, and um, I think that there is a place for a fusion of podiatry and nail salons, cosmetic podiatry, I like to call it. No, that makes sense. So if you do the consult, is that because like, the people in the salon are able to apply topical medication because it's under your direction? Is exactly. Exactly. They're able okay. to apply. And also, you know, we can also do, uh, they could also take little chips of the nail if we want to confirm that it's a fungus and send it to a pathology lab. Uh, and uh, I have a friend who happens to be a pathologist we're working with, so we can do it affordably uh, if they don't have insurance. Um, so that's 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 my uh, my next big venture. And I'd, I'd like to, yeah. in the next couple of years, I'd like to be all over the country doing telemedicine consults and just have a team of doctors working with these salons, you know, especially retired doctors, uh, and just do consultations and, 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 and actually cause, force those nail salons that are not acting um, or, or performing in the best interest of, of, of their clients and, and force them out of business or make them step up their game. That's, that's yeah, my that vision. That's great. Hmm. Okay. So what's the the best way for folks to get in contact with you? Um, so um, I have a, a website, uh, which is Woodley, W-O-O-D-L-Y, foot and ankle spelled out, dot com, with all my contact information. Or they can also uh, call my office. Uh, my direct office number is 817-284-8271. Mm-hmm. 
um, or they can uh, send us an email at it's uh, info i n f o at woodleyfootandankle.com spelled out w o o d l y footandankle.com. Um, okay, well, very good, Doctor Woodley. That's great. I'm glad that you're you're doing all this stuff, and it's much better than uh, sounds like what's out there right now. So thanks for coming on the podcast. And letting me know. I really appreciate you uh, having me and letting me because uh, I love to talk <laughs> and let me talk <laughs> okay. uh, and <laughs> and uh, uh, again I, I can't thank you enough for for doing this. You have been listening to Almost Here Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast both to review to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.